0: 7 a.m. because i was like wow. you know what sounds good today chili so i went to schnook's after i dropped him off and i was like we need to make some white chicken chili
1: hell yeah how did it it's it it so out. good
0: good it was really good the recipe my mom and i use is super simple so my stomach likes it yay yeah nice. yeah there's like nothing Love it. crazy in it
1: that's too spicy so, see i think i'd like your chili because we know it's not going to be killing my esophagus <laughs>
0: oh no that would even be Ugh. near my house if there's no. spice in it get out
2: that's what i need some though. pepper flakes get out of here <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. but see what well, kick so to it you could doctor
1: it up though yeah i can't do that i can't you can do add okay you
0: can get your kicks on route 66 get out of my house
1: <laughs> Woo! <Whoa! laughs>
0: <laughs> no um Damn. buffalo wild wings they're mild wings they make my lips sweat like i cannot do but heat of I, any kind really Hmm.
1: i wouldn't wow. even order that like i because I, I know i'm not gonna like it like i garlic parm is hot to me bro i'm not even kidding i'm not afraid of it all
0: i need to do is like mayonnaise and I would be the most stereotypical white person eater like i just love <laughs> like granolas <laughs> potatoes <laughs> old white lady. Every
1: starch, <laughs> hell yeah! yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to watch my I mean, figure. I like to look like a potato. You are what you eat. You I know? like
1: mm-hmm. I like starches and carbs. It's really good for me. I mean, the first thing I ate yesterday was a freaking thing of grits from Waffle House. Tell me, I'm not 80 years old? Come on,
0: you win. I've never oh. had grits. Oh, it's so,
1: they're ugh. pretty good, Chef Kiss. Well, they're I never so had
0: um this. like cottage cheese either. It looks like that to me. If someone hadn't tricked me into trying oatmeal, I don't know I would have tried it
1: no yeah it doesn't like look the, mushy yeah so. it's not like cottage cheese though at all it's it's kind of like a potato i mean that's what i don't know that's what it tastes like to me kind of just tastes like a like a starch <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> that's fair honestly do you know mm-hmm. what a grit is
0: <laughs> it's something deep inside you that you have to whip out in the wild west because
1: ain't no yellow you where ha- people live <laughs> you gotta have grit true grit no it's <sighs> the inside of a corn no way like yeah if you i take love a corn, corn. if after you cook it and you squish it and the little seed thing comes out that's what it is that's what a grit is
0: i thought that's what maize
1: is <laughs> maize is a different kind of corn
0: well i'm gonna amaze you guys with my game are you oh hello welcome <laughs> to sinister <laughs> are we recording even yes <laughs> Well, you're in luck. <laughs> Welcome to Sinister Sunrise. <laughs> I'm one of your
2: co-hosts, Sarah. <laughs> okay, ASMR Sarah, I'm Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Morgan.
1: We hope you hey, listen to this early well. in the morning. Yeah, I'm not feeling very well, so this whole episode's going to be ASMR. Just kidding. Just kidding.
0: I would be interested oh, gosh, to see no. if our numbers went up or down. Like, what if we just like, blew out? Like, this is what we need ASMR true crime.
1: Yeah. And then he oh, into the house. <laughs> I think it'd be scarier. Ooh. It would be a lot oh, scarier. Wow. It's like
0: a little kid whispering in your ear. Like, yeah, yeah. no, thank you. In
1: the walls for two months. Oh yeah okay, yeah you're welcome back
0: <laughs> yeah back to your crazy episode um Ooh. okay so i sent an email to the sinister oh i'm picking the game this week hello Jesus. <laughs> hi it's a monday we're here and we're thriving kind mm-hmm. of yeah, so i yeah. sent an email to mm-hmm. the sinister sunrise podcast if you guys want to open it because i know we're not great at um letters how are you with the geography
1: actually worse thanks sarah <laughs>
0: <laughs> not the best
2: We'll click it open
0: now because we are oh. taking a northeastern state geography quiz it's only in america oh. okay. <laughs> so it's timed and then it tells you your score at the end
1: so we okay. just should we just do it or are we all going to start at the same time Things hold on real time. quick I'm, still- I'm getting there Okay, yeah my my email's still loading. You sent it to. Well, my to... game. Oh, don't it's open a... that. Should... Yeah, now you don't can open. open
0: it yet. Um, oh, okay. you should be really happy you didn't come over yesterday if you weren't feeling good because my game was gonna be um you're gonna have to jump with a broom between our legs like we're witches and the person who jumped the highest would go first. But can you imagine oh. being hungover <laughs> doing that?
1: <laughs> um. I can't even imagine, like, ba- I barely made it to the restroom yesterday. I can't imagine, like, hopping over things. Morgan had a fantastic Ooh.
0: weekend that ended abruptly mm-hmm. Sunday morning when she woke up.
1: My eyes, my the sun rose and my eyes opened and I said, not today, Satan, not today. But he uh, got the best of me. Mm-hmm.
0: No, when you texted me, you didn't feel great. I was like, you know what? I was like laughing, actually. I was like, this would be awful. Like, this would be a terrible game to make her do right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I felt so bad. I was like, hey, guys. Um, I tried to give it like an hour. I woke up at like six and I was like, yeah. okay, cool, go back to sleep. And I was like, Mm-mm, I can't look cute today. I can't. No one needs to see this. No one needs to see this. Um, in my defense, I went to a Harry Potter themed birthday and it was off the train. So Would you say it well was deserved. magical? <laughs> it was magical. Did you Mag- feel like you Ooh. were
2: at Hogwarts?
1: I mean, I wore my mock Ravenclaw, or excuse me, Hufflepuff outfit, so yeah. Don't so get are you it supposed twisted. to dress There's up
2: studios. in your house?
1: Um, you can As dress up house? in your house, or your favorite color, or color. Yeah, you just wear fake bricks, because
2: that's the kind of siding yeah. I
0: have on my house.
2: Yeah, And then my arm was a chimney all evening. Could you imagine if they did that to someone, <laughs> though? Like, the most basic of instructions, like, this is what you need to wear, nothing else. <laughs> No Maybe fee, I'll no change nothing. my costume for Morgan's now. Maybe I'll be like
0: Santa on top of a brick house.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Peep out of a chimney. Hello. Yes. <laughs> so terrifying. Okay, now we have so options. Terrifying. Please, p- please don't be Santa. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Which, by the way, you bring that up and I cannot wait for your party. I, I love getting my Halloween costume together. So I'm really excited.
1: Yeah. 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 All- I have all my stuff. I haven't put it on yet, but I need my mom's help to style my wig but mm. it officially Halloween this year is going to be sinister. It's a party at my place and I'm very excited.
0: Yeah. Oh, remind me, I have a weird couple decorations that my mom got at a yard sale. If you'd like them. One's like a head on a stick mm. that I will not put up anywhere in my house.
1: Oh, help, bring! Help, I'll display it proudly in my front yard. I hate that'll be my date that so. I bring
0: with me to the party. <laughs> <laughs> have you met Steve?
1: <laughs> <Hello>? <laughs> I don't He's know got why, a real funny met- bone. <laughs> Uh, uh. You know, you know Beetlejuice. You know in Beetlejuice yes. when the when that one when they're sitting in the waiting room and that one has like a really teeny little head. That's my I picture. And I don't know why. I'm like this is my date.
0: No, this thing sits in the corner of my basement, and I have to remind myself it's down there, or else I'm like, oh. fine,
1: it's fine. Oh, but okay. Do you
0: guys have your stuff pulled up?
1: Can I yes, click I, the link? I haven't hit. St- yep. I haven't oh, hit. Okay. Start now. Is that what I will click?
0: Mm-hmm. In three. oh
2: wait erin are you ready yes i'm ready sorry
0: okay start now (laughs) oh no this is just as bad as the the middle one i took
1: does it tell you if you're wrong or right
0: it tells you at the end just keep hitting submit answer there's 10 questions okay (laughs) it tells me right away (laughs) oh yeah oh well that's not good (laughs) that's okay no, I'm saying that's not good because none of them have been correct. So I just assumed it didn't tell oh, you. <laughs> <sort of thing. laughs> oh, God. So okay, funny. it's fine.
1: I hope you're somebody took a screenshot of this map because...
0: This is giving me, like, real fourth grade vibes.
1: Oh, this is, like, the expansion of uh, uh, Oregon Trail. This is, like, the next game after it. It's a lot lamer. No one wants to play it. <laughs> oh,
0: no. New York's not even on this map.
1: Oh, my God. Sarah. Okay, I'm not that bad. What question are you on?
0: I don't want to tell you now, because now I feel like it is on the map. (laughs) I know New Jersey. That one I know. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Schnookie.
1: I am so dumb. I feel like I... Oh! She got it right. (laughs)
0: Okay, I'm done, whatever you guys are. After it Mm, gives you your score, you just click one more time, and it tells you your total score. Or it says like, 10 out of 10 complete. Then hit like OK or okay. whatever it says. Oh shit! Because right. I'm proud to be an American.
1: An American, Where at
0: least I know I'm free. <laughs> I won't forget the Middle States because they're right by me. But if you look
1: <gasps> up, did you just make that up? The east, yeah. That was great.
0: Oh, thanks, thanks, darling.
1: I would have, learned, I would have learned a lot more.
0: Okay. <laughs> I gave no information besides mm. proud to be an American. So proud. I don't even know my states because I failed.
1: (laughs) All right. Sorry. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm slow. No, you're fine. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) uh, It's like this is, I feel like this is the make or break, you know, like, okay, I did that one. I did that one. I did that one. I did that one. That one's done. That one's done. Oh, I feel like that state is bigger than that. (laughs) I'm bugging. I'm bugging. <laughs> I'm totally okay. bugging. Submit. Okay.
2: <gasps> Alright, what'd you guys get? Ooh. Aaron, go ahead. I got a whopping one. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, I think I was looking at the raw numbers, so I totally messed up. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. That was for
0: sure what it was. Yeah. I got so five, oh well. Sarah.
2: So I can't really make fun of you that bad.
0: Five looking a al- lot. What'd you get, Morgan? I got an eight! Hey. Nice!
1: Hey. Wow! Welcome
0: wow. to the Alright, so Geography, mm-hmm. she has an upper leg. I will keep that in mind.
1: I lo- I think like breaking it down in the smaller sections helped. If you had just given me a whole map, I would have been like, oh, son of a... Yeah, that was nice. Well, although,
0: I like this one because, A, I wouldn't see like what it did before. But B, when I was looking yeah. online, I kept finding ones that you had to guess all 50 states. And I was like, I will personally be sitting here for 20 minutes. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Name them all can do that. But putting, like, labeling them on a map? No, no, no. I wow. can't
0: even name them all. I'm just not good at geography. I'm not even very is- really good at
1: memorizing <laughs> song lyrics. So that's where it came in handy. Wow. Kaiser! I'm so honored.
0: Would you to like to thank here? anyone for this award? <laughs> I'd
1: like, like to thank the people who made the online web quiz of the upper states of America, our founding father. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, wow. Okay. Who would have known? So, um, to keep with our theme, obviously, of spooky season, um, I did episode 38 here on Types of Ghosts. I know it may sound like a little dry Mm -hmm. and I'm going to try to not make it super dry, but I feel like any ghost stories we hear, some people experience like different uh, paranormal activity. So I wanted to dive in and see like if there was different types and different types of hauntings. And that's what I did. Yeah. (laughs) Lay it on me. I'm pumped. All right. So... Started off. What is more Halloween than something haunted or ghosts? Um, today I'm going to dive into the different types of ghost hauntings. Um, I found identical types of ghosts listed on two different sites: ghostsandgravestones.com and uh Louisville Historic They just both came up and I though they were identical, so I was like, okay, this sounds very valid. So here we go. Mm-hmm. So type one. And this is in no particular order. They were in a different order on the site, but I just did it this way. The interactive ghosts or the interactive personality. Um, This seems to be the most commonly seen or experienced ghost. They are usually a loved one or someone uh, specific to your location, um, such as a historical figure, if it's an older building or something like that. Basically, any deceased person can be an interactive ghost. Uh, They can be seen by the living, sometimes even able to interact or have a physical touch with them. If you suddenly get a waft of perfume, this could be an interactive spirit uh, letting you know that they are around. These spirits tend to present themselves in a form similar to when they were alive. So... I did a little bit more research on this one. It's typically like if someone's, you know, dies when they're like eighty and kind of crippling and sad and elderly, then they may present themselves as with like what they thought was like the prime of their life. So you may it may be your grandma, but it may not look like the grandma you knew. So good for you, grandma. You put that Mm -hmm. twenty year old body on. I would too. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. I didn't know they could pick, like go into a wardrobe and be like "Mm
1: hmm. Not 40 me, not 30 me, ooh,
0: <laughs> 20 me had it
1: going on. I mean, you know, the afterlife is a very mysterious place, but I was like, okay, out of out of the few experiences I've had, I haven't really had anything with like a, a real interactive ghost, but I feel like when it's like a classic horror story or an experience with a loved one, this is what it would be. So um, next, type number two, is the funnel ghost. Uh, this type of spirit is known to pop up in photos and in homes or old historical buildings. They differ from the interactive as they do not take on a physical or human manifestation look to them. Um, but instead it's, quote, a wisp of light or a swirling spiral of light. And it is f- and normally felt as like a cool spot. So I feel like anytime you watch, like, ghost adventures or any ghost show that you're like oh wow it's like really cold over here like Mm -hmm. that's technically Mm -hmm. a co-wote tunnel or excuse me funnel ghost so a little different (laughs) all right bear with me on number three um it has a lot of names so number three is a mist fog wisp ectoplasm or ectomist all the same thing (laughs) similar to a funnel ghost uh by being able to produce a cold spot but seem to be <laughs> zippier is the word I used, um, and more mist-like. So oh. they are able to like hover above the ground, stay still, or and then like all of a sudden, phew, like take off or quote like move swiftly across an area. Ooh. So yeah. a funnel ghost is more like where the, it's like you feel a cold spot and it doesn't like it just kind of fades away. A mist, fog, or wisp type will like zoom past you. Um, they can be seen on camera and it is said to be a white or gray or even black shape um, these are said to be able to become full bodied apparitions so they this is that's why it's kind of similar and like how kind of how the different types like all intertwine it's some believe that that's how they travel is in like an orb or mist form and then they can if they have the ability to become like a full on interactive ghost that's like that they'd be the two different types so, and again, similar to number three, number four is an orb. And this is, quote, the most photographed uh, specters of all. They can be white or light blue, but are mostly transparent or translucent. Um, So they do have like a hue to them, but they're more like, just like you can see through them.
0: Like the picture I thought I got of an orb that was actually Aaron's arm at the Limp Mansion.
1: <laughs> oh, I <Yeah>. remember that. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's funny that you bring that up. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I'm pretty sure I caught one on the stairs. I I was going to post it with our with our post um, on Instagram for this episode because yeah. I, like, took two pictures of the stairs and it, like, something moved across it and, like, it wasn't, I'm sorry, I didn't, there was no bugs, like, the door were mm-hmm. closed, like, the doors were closed, like, mm-hmm. so I'll post it for Ooh. you all to see, um, yes. but I think it's definitely something, so um and, sorry for those is, who don't know the limp mansion oh, yeah. is
0: just so oh, i can keep yeah. you guys informed the Lymph mansion is um a haunted like brewery family's mm-hmm. home in st louis
1: yeah just google that st. Louis did not limp come out <laughs> they
0: all... yeah yes <laughs> but that just didn't come out eloquently whatsoever anyway yes. what in were da- you saying well,
1: no <laughs> in downtown st louis there it is like oh it's called like the limp but they have like a couple different buildings so they have the actual brewery And then they have the Lemp Mansion, which is where we went all on a ghost tour for one of our friend's birthdays. And then they have, like, a couple (laughs) venues, which is where, actually, in almost a year from now, I will be getting married at, so...
2: We Ooh, love yeah. we love to keep it
1: spooky guys. We love to keep it spooky. But yeah, there's yeah, always on theme. A lot of history. <laughs> always. We're always on brand. Um <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a lot of history there. But yeah, I'm definitely going to post that picture cuz I personally have never caught a ghost on camera except for that. Um mm. so yeah, I definitely wanted to share that one. We could probably yeah, share cool. the arm one too if if we could find it, but it was debunked quite quickly.
0: <laughs> no one needs to see it. <laughs> really what happened? Everyone um, listening. I took a picture of a banister and Erin had a very misleading colored dress on and she was moving <laughs> in one of the pictures and it looked like I got this cool giant orb thing. And it wasn't. It was <laughs> After no I told everyone, look at the ghost I got on camera.
2: Did I tell you that or did someone else point it you out? You did, but you sat there on it for a minute. Like, I know everyone's yeah, like, oh, like- wow,
0: that's so crazy. And then, like, three hours later, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, Lun, uh, sorry <laughs> to do this to you. <laughs> and then just like, but I think that's my arm. And I looked at the next it, picture like, and I was like, at her son arm, of like- a gun. Yep. It has Aaron yep. tattooed. I'm like, yeah, it's definitely my arm. <laughs> I didn't want to let yeah. you down that early. It's- I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine.
1: It's okay. It's okay. Hey, I got one. And while no one else really saw anything, I saw a lot. I cried while we were there. Yeah. It was you a had lot. a cool experience. It was a lot. <clears throat> yeah. It was. Ah, for another day. Ah, for. Keep listening. We'll <laughs> talk about it sometime, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but going back to the orbs, um, another experience that I I personally didn't really experience, but I saw it. So my old acquaintance, Jenna, um, her family would go to North Carolina All the time. And they, of course, in the Carolinas is very famous for their ghost tours and graveyard tours and all of that. Her mom and her, we were like just hanging out one night after they'd come back from a trip. And she's like, Oh, has Jenna showed you the picture yet? And I was like, What? No. And she goes, Here, I'll pull it up. And of course, this is like, I'm telling, I'm like 2008, okay, where digital cameras were a thing. So (laughs) she like has loaded all of them from her camera onto her laptop and she is going through, and I mean, It's a graveyard tour, hundreds of orbs. Hundreds. Wow. Just like some of them, yeah. Some of them, it's it says here in the description of orbs. Like it seems that they are constantly moving. And a lot of them were definitely like zooming across the screen. But there was one picture that they got. And she goes, Okay, see that orb right there? And I was like, Yeah. She goes, Okay, I'm gonna go to the next picture and then I'm gonna zoom in. And tell me what you see. I saw like the like picture one, the orb is like here. Picture two, it's a little closer to the camera, and she zooms in. And in the center of the orb is a face, like undeniable, whoa, a a human face. Like it wasn't a female, but like picture in your mind, um, uh, the haunted mansion. You know the green, the girl that lives in the in the crystal ball. That's kind of what it looked like, but not green. That's kind of
0: okay.
1: It was crazy. So. Had experience with an orb at the lamp, but seen a picture of it and it was wild. I mean, if you Google pictures of orbs, it's just hundreds. So it's very well, interesting.
0: Yeah, Clavin has a picture outside the Colosseum, and there's just orbs
1: everywhere. Like in oh, I bet. what
0: was it Rome? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh what? yeah.
1: Wow, I've never heard that. Huh. Okay. Well, oh, do a the picture. Picture orbs I'll you. to post. Yeah. Maybe we have a couple of pictures to post of our experiences, guys. Ooh.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you get to see but. Sexy Clavin when he was like 17.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <Woo>! <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yes. Um, going back to the orbs again, many people um, believe that orbs are spirits of people or animals um, moving from one place to another. So, again, These all are like, I feel like they can just kind of generally fall into any category and could easily slip into another. The orbs just seem to be more of a solid circle shape than the mist, fog, wisp, ectoplasmy type. But again, can move very quickly from one place to another. All right, five. And finally, for this list, five. A poltergeist. So uh, in German, this does translate to noisy ghost, which I feel like is very appropriate. Because while sometimes uh, they do have spooky actions seem to be kind of just like minimal, like they'll flicker a light, or you'll feel like something like brush past you. Um, they are known to increase their activity and slowly get more evil. Like it turns into talking, um, small acts of violence. So one day it's a knock on the wall and the next day it's a fire breaking out. So you don't want to mess with a poltergeist, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the accounts that I read about, and I know that we've talked about in the past, I think I read one of my episodes was like a poltergeist and it was like the most harmful poltergeist from my, the true ghost book. Mm-hmm. Um it seems that the behavior can die down if it's ignored and it's they do it did say on there they do seem to like their activity seems like quickly come and go. So it's almost like if you can look past it then you'll be okay. Question mark. We hope for the best. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that does conclude the two lists that were on those two sites that I mentioned in the beginning. However, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that, one, this was enough. And two, I just felt like there was still more that I've heard about. So I did look into different types of hauntings. While a couple of them were very similar to the ghosts I described, the interactive ghosts or things like that, there were some details um, on different types of ghosts that I did want to just expand upon. Um, So I found this at hauntedoc.com. And here's just a few. So they mentioned similar to the types of ghosts, the interactive activity, poltergeist activity, and things like that. But a few not mentioned previously were as follows. Shadow people and shadow activity. It is noted they are different from ghosts. They are non-human. Shapeless, and aside from the hat man or the hooded figure, they are all just kind of like a blob like they do have like a shadow-esque shape they did kind of i don't know if you guys have ever heard of the hat man i have never heard of the quote hooded figure um but the hat man and the hooded figure are the more like humanoid um shadow people so if you've seen haunting of hill house and you know what the hat man is and he's fucking terrifying mm -hmm. i'm just gonna point that out there i've never i wouldn't i would not wish that on anybody I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. the clicking of his cane alone, I was like, whoa, out (laughs) of (gasps) here. Yeah. And then, like, just to branch off that, Shadow people, I did see a couple at the lamp, And then I've seen some, oddly enough, while I was driving is where I've seen the most. Um, And I Mm -hmm. tried to debunk it. I'm not a big, like, I saw it, so it must be real. Like, I've definitely seen them. But just overall, they do tend to come with a feeling of dread. Um, So if you see one, just... Try to keep a positive mind, I guess, <laughs> and let me know and send it send it in if you see one. I want to know where you saw it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, <and that's laughs> just do your best, guys. Come on, do your best. <laughs> um, <clears throat> a another type of haunting, um, is demonic haunting or demonic activity, and it was listed after the poltergeist. So I kind of viewed this as the next uh, level up if you will from many movies uh heck to even our past episodes we've touched on demonic activity um so obviously we can save some of the details for further episodes on actual you know demonic possessions and things like that but we've we've delved deep into what having a demon present in your life is like so it's bad y'all don't do it Don't use a Ouija board unless you were with a professional. Mm -hmm. Don't ever sell your soul to the devil. Don't go down to Georgia. Okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. Very sound advice all around. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. And then one that I had never heard of was a portal haunting and it is as it sounds a portal that leads to different places um sometimes to hot spots of activity so an example of this portal haunting would probably relate to the bridgewater triangle because it is said that there is like a hotbed of activity and Mm -hmm. these like creatures and ghosts that are there can like seem to just like vanish out of thin air But there's always there seems like always be a lot of activity. So it's like that would be an example of maybe a portal haunting where people like spirits and creatures can just zip on out of there. So that's that. And finally, the last one I have is a residual haunting. I am a huge believer in energy affecting our world. Um, The energy I put out affects me and my world. So to me, these hauntings seem very valid. Um, these hauntings are said to occur after a high energy or traumatic event. They did list an example of like murder or something like that. So it's l- believed to literally leave an imprint on the world, just as a party or a happy event can also. You can hear or see them, but these are not intelligent hauntings. They will not interact with the living. I was recently watching a, or not watching, listening to an episode, and I believe it was um, Two Girls, One ghost. And they were talking about, they were they were all on a tour. No one had seen or felt anything. They're, all the tour group is in one level of the house. And then from upstairs, they hear, hello? Like, like no one no. was up there. <laughs> no. But if no. they say, that's not always, like, a ghost interacting with you. That could be a ghost, like, saying, hello? And then, boom, someone could
2: have just murdered her
1: right before that. Like, right after that happened yeah. in her, in so her are th- world.
2: Are these the ghosts that, like kind of do the same thing over and over. Like, mm-hmm. if people would say they, they'd seen this ghost, then they might say the same thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I saw this ghost. Every,
1: yes, every night yeah. at midnight, a ghost walks across the second bedroom window three times yeah. and before he disappears. Yes, that is very much so. they're, much like, so, on a loop. They're on a loop, and it but like i mentioned i it did call out that not it it is more common with like a traumatic event um mm-hmm. but they said sometimes if you're in like an old building you could be you're with a group of people and all of a sudden it sounds like there's a party going on upstairs but there's no one up there so it can happen with positive events too so very oh, weird just high I'd rather energy have that. moments that. <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah me too so okay from now on guys every time
0: Every time we're together, we have to be high energy. Because when I die, I need a fun place to come back to, so let's make it
1: happen. <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing, too, about this one is they, like, it did point out, like, these are not um, intelligent haunting. So, like, it's, it's I, I guess they would still be categorized as a ghost. But, like, no matter how much you try to interact with that thing or that moment, it's not going to change it. So... Very weird, um, but yes, I'm all about a high energy. Um, No Heck no yeah. sad energies near me. Thank you. So, yeah. Like, imagine so,
0: the best memory of your life, and that's the rest of your world. It's just this one memory of your amazing evening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or
1: you just get to hear, like, you're, like, walking down the street in, like an, by an old building, and you just hear, like, awesome jazz music playing. Like, all right, cool. They go some partying. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think between that and then, like, an actual, like, intelligent spirit, I'm, I'm hoping man hoping for a good afterlife we got some positive memories to be bought back to i'll be all right <laughs> yeah but yeah. yes unless you guys have any questions that concludes uh my research on ghosts
0: very cool i didn't know there were so yeah. many kinds <laughs> girl i love ghosts and i didn't even know <laughs> They need to explain themselves better, okay? Just tell me what you are.
1: Listen, just tell us what's going on and we will understand a lot better, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: We are communicators, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a communicator. All right.
1: Oh, my, oh, my. Well,
0: I was going to turn into cheer tater torns and that took a weird turn. We didn't go there.
1: We didn't go there. Ah. Oh. Are mm-hmm. you
0: ready for me to go now?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Do I sound sultry? You now? sound scary. Oh, should
1: you be? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely not, actually. I am interpreting a dream today. That is not sultry whatsoever.
1: Hey. Oh, boy. Here yep. we go.
0: I used copdental.com. It makes sense, I promise. Mm. Dreambible.com, okay. antiflow.com, and my handy-dandy dream interpretation handbook by Karen Frazier.
1: We love it. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so...
0: The dream I'm interpreting comes from listener Patty M, and that is M as in Mary, but her last name is not Mary, just so you know. (laughs) My last name is Lun, so I have to say N as in Nancy all the time. Anyway, Patty says, I had a dream that my bedroom was like outside, kinda, and it was in complete view of another house that was basically my backyard, and the landlord owned it and he put up four cameras without my knowledge on the other house, (gasps) all facing my room. And I was pissed Ew. <laughs> because like violation of privacy. <laughs> and he said, they're going to catch whatever fake gunshots because there's been a lot of gunshot activity in the
1: area. From your bedroom. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <gasps> also at the same time, my teeth are falling out. Question mark, question mark, question. Oh, worst, sorry. Worst, my teeth were falling out. Question mark, question mark. And my boyfriend, Adam, oh. was trying to help me cover the cameras, and then I confronted my landlord and was yelling at him for being a piece of shit. There you go. And then his mafia gang starts shooting at me and my boyfriend oh. and everyone there. <gasps> my housemates, my close friends, and also my sorority sisters were there taking a photo shoot when I confronted him. Oh, because so many when twists
2: I and turns. I yes.
0: <laughs> and and confronted him i was trying to escape with my boyfriend and i got to the very first car i ever drove and somehow adam didn't make it but i was there so and the girl who lived across the (laughs) way whose teeth were also falling out were in the car and we escaped (gasps) to the safety no and at the end of my dream we went to a parade i was at the end of my dream we went to a parade like months later maybe a year later and you're trying to get justice for what happened and my landlord and his mafia gang and this girl I knew in high school were walking in the parade. I handed them our flyer demanding justice and woke up.
1: What? Oh, sorry. That was yes. really squeaky. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what?
0: Everyone's dog's like, huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Patty took what? us for a
1: wild ride. Holy. So, okay. Oh, yeah. Whoa. if
0: if you got a little lost, don't worry. I would read it a few times and it's also very normal because dreams aren't exactly like linear stories. Mm-hmm. So here yeah. is like the the gist of it if you if anyone listening okay. didn't get the whole thing. Give me a second. So here is the gist. Patty is very exposed in her home, which becomes more exposed when her landlord puts up cameras that face her room. Now, this house is also in a dangerous area, and it sounds like the landlord, well, it could be dangerous, or the landlord could be making up excuses to have cameras on you because he admits he thinks the gunshots aren't even real. Sketch, dude. The chivalrous mm-hmm. boyfriend is helping Patty cover the cameras when she sees the landlord confronts him about the shady fucking cameras, and the real shooting does start. Everyone close to Patty's in danger. While trying to escape, she loses her boyfriend but picks up a friend who survives. However, both their teeth are falling out. Obviously, they want justice for this, so Patty makes up some flyers and hands them out in a parade. So that's what happened in this dream. Yeah. So (laughs) it's wild because even my summary is super detailed, which never happens. So I like the way you dream, Patty. (laughs) Keeps in it. Okay. So yes, the teeth falling out also gets with me. So that is the first thing we are going to talk about. This is... (laughs) Yes, I'm a teeth person. Mm -hmm. I would ball my eyes out. Also, have you guys seen 13 or 14 cameras?
1: No. What no. is that? The movie? <laughs> no, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> is okay. it in I Teeth? It. I don't want to see it.
0: No, it's about a landlord who literally puts oh. up secret cameras in his tenants' oh. houses and doesn't tell them.
1: <gasps> oh, oh, I just got oh, no. my whole right leg just went numb.
0: Oh, no. Oh, Sorry, no. Patty, That's to hijack this, fear. but it, it's so good. It's terrifying because like it's kind of like a paranormal activity where it just slow and the whole time like, what a creep. And then it goes down. So uh, on the list, watch it. Pretty good. Okay, so teeth falling out is fairly common in nightmares and dreams. Around 39% of the population will have a dream like this, which is pretty, that's a pretty big chunk. I myself have seen this quite a bit and it is terrifying every time, but they do tell us a lot about the dream. So teeth and dreams is in general, (laughs) not English. (laughs) Do you ever write something and then wonder why you did this to yourself? So teeth and dreams yeah. in general usually represent our ability to nourish ourselves in some way. So spiritually, physically, et cetera. Um, or it can be the ability to hold unkind words or thoughts in because if you think, think about it, your teeth are really like that last line of defense before you say something that you're going to regret. So sometimes when they break in your dreams, it's because even in your dream, you know, you're like, mm, don't say it, don't do it, don't do it.
1: But you do it anyway. Uh, what? Wait, Sarah, have you had you have had a teeth falling out dream?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Aaron, have you? Yeah. Okay. I feel like we may have talked about this before, but mine like it literally scarred me. I've only had one and it like effed me up. Like
0: <laughs> Well, I only had one so and I can remember it. That was one with my mom playing yeah. piano and the keys were breaking and so worked. I remember.
1: You said that. Yeah. I remember. I think you talked about it on here. It was yeah, it was
0: a scary dream. <laughs> So we feel for you, Patty. Sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, So to really gain a further understanding of your dream, you do need to kind of have a grasp on why your teeth are falling out. And you didn't really say, so I'm just asking you in general, are they rotting? Have you been hit in the mouth? Are they falling out in front of others or by yourself? If they have rotted out, then that usually points to you're not living up to your own ethical standards. So maybe you've made a choice recently that you regret. If they fall out in front of Ooh. others, like your friends in the car, then that can point to you are afraid of others, that they're going to see that you aren't living up to your personal standards. You also included a note in your dream submission that you grind your teeth in your sleep. So I did a little research on that to see if there's any correlation of teeth grinding in your sleep to teeth falling out in dreams. Do you guys want to mm. take any bets on if that's true? Oh, I, would I say think yes. so. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: Drink. Drink up. Oh, really? hmm uh... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did, okay, I found a study done by Rosen and Safar Dubek in 2010, and mm-hmm. they said there is no concrete correlation between teeth grinding and teeth falling out in your dreams, but there is the correlation wow. between having, like, dental discomfort after your teeth fell out in your dream. Oh, so it's almost, wow. I don't know if it's psychosomatic or what you did, because it doesn't really mean you're grinding your teeth. It just means maybe you're more aware of your teeth. I don't know. Hmm. So... I can cover some sleep studies in the future if you guys are down, but yeah. So no, that should not have an effect. It's probably not good for your teeth though, but, um, (laughs) nope, doesn't matter. So let's dive into that creepy ass landlord in your exposed bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) After reading it a couple of times, I decided (laughs) to like look it up in a way that made sense. So it kind of sounds all of it like you're just exposed, like the bedroom, the cameras, the weird landlord. You're, you're being watched. So to be watched in a dream represents the truth of a situation. Something that can't be avoided. <laughs> is that too vague? Because it is ridiculously vague. Hear me out. Okay. Literally a whole paragraph was like that. I felt like I was looking up the Donning-Kruger effect again. Like, what do you know if you don't know? I don't know, man. I just know that something is obvious, but it's not so obvious to me. <laughs> Yeah, you should be with me when I write these notes. I write them
1: exactly like this.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, it's very vague, but stay with me. It shows feelings of pressure from someone, feeling that some someone feeling that something about you is always being noticed, basically being watched or spied on in a dream shows that there is an uncomfortable truth in your life that you may be avoiding. So, there is an example on dreambible.com where a woman dreamed of seeing a girl stare at her in her dream. And in her waking life, she knew that her relationship with her boyfriend was over, but she was denying it because she wanted it to work. So the being watched is making you uncomfortable with the truth. That makes sense. And and if you have a boyfriend, I'm not saying break up with your boyfriend. That's not what this means. Just something is like an obvious truth that you're avoiding. So it sounded vague, but then it kind of made sense in the end. I was like, oh, all right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So your safety comes into the forefront of this dream because your bedroom is outside, which first of all, that's gotta be a lot of bugs. And you believe there has been gunshots. The shots, the reason the landlord gives you for the freaking cameras. Literally, after watching that movie, I will not have cameras in my house ever. Not even for protection. I don't want to see anything.
1: Oh, my. Watch the
0: movie and then get back to me. Uh, It is freaky.
1: I'll take your word for it. I'll take your
0: (laughs) (laughs) word. Someone else suffer with me. Um, To dream of escaping gunshots is supposed to be a wake-up call. It's literally the difference between life and death. So you need to take a look at your past and your present and prioritize. He's bona fide and prioritized. Escaping dreams of gunshots. I can have caffeine again. I know I said that, but it's been beautiful, guys. (laughs) It's been so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, escaping dreams of gunshots could also show your passiveness in a certain situation. I mean, you are running away, which you should do, and not being aggressive by returning fire. So being kind of passive. And mm-hmm. to end on a high note, the parade. Your memory of your dream ended up with you demanding justice at a party. undoubted. Oh, my God. At a parade. I put a bunch of E's on it to say parade. <laughs> Take me out of the seat. But Take me part, out.
1: But you said Party.
0: Like John, party, take me off of this podcast. You're you're playing a good party parade with you kind of parade. So parades are generally seen as celebrations of life, and in dreams, it's not so different. So, well, yeah, it is kind of. I'm sorry. There's a darker side. So yes, on one hand, it's very happy times that could be ahead. Times where you enjoy the fruits of your labor. But on the other hand, parades can stress people out. There's a lot of coordination and activities. And it could also mean that you need to drop a hobby to gain time for some relaxation. So parades and dreams are usually associated with scenarios of change. Um, Busy working or no time for play. But good news, they are almost always good omens. So it's kind of a mixed bag on like what it means for you right now. But moving forward, it's a good omen. That's good though. Yeah, I thought that was good. Considering it started with you and losing like, all your teeth,
1: to, yeah, and like I feel like if if the parade is a good omen, then mm. like you were trying to t- like she was trying to take control at the parade by mm-hmm. handing out those flyers. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, she no finally time, got Brad. a little aggressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now for the fun mm-hmm. part, what does all this mean, <laughs> Sarah? What does it mean? <laughs> I'll tell you what I think it means, but before I do, please remember I am not a licensed psychiatrist, dream interpretationist, whatever. I don't know what the <laughs> title is. But the more <laughs> listeners we get, the more listeners we get. I really want to push that I do these for fun. So if it's off, mm-hmm. um, don't sue me or possess me. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everyone said yes. So yes. it seems like a lot of this dream is being overwhelmed. Your teeth falling out, not taking care of yourself, not like you aren't brushing your teeth, more so like mentally or physically in regards to your energy. And in your blurb, you mentioned that you are going into your senior year of college, you're in a play, and you're in a sorority, which I cannot imagine how you guys are recruiting and trying to have normalcy this year. So the being watched and escaping from gunshots both point to you having a lot going on and being passive about it, or maybe realizing it's too much. Um, and this dream could even be pointing to. You're avoiding a problem that has been building for a while, one that you're hoping is going to resolve itself. It probably is not. Sorry. So for your mental health, you may need to take a minute to prioritize your peace. Just relax. Listen to our Sinister mm-hmm. ASMR channel.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm not just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> S-I-N-I-S-T-R.
0: <laughs> this is fun. I see why people goes. do this.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. See? It is. I'm I have you, a voice night, for- girl, yeah, every me. night, girl.
0: Every night. Um. So, hence why you finally stood up for yourself at the parade. So you got to celebrate what you've already accomplished. Life is short, and give yourself a compliment and take a minute for yourself, Patty. Um. So, thank you for your dream. Hope you liked my interpretation of it. If you don't, Morgan did it. Um. So be good <laughs> to yourself, and please send in Whoa. any more than. <laughs> that you have and that goes for any of our listeners I love taking a peek behind the curtain of our consciousness through dreams so send them an email DM on Instagram send it in a letter whatever you got to do we are Sinister Sunrise podcast on anything you can think of send us your yeah. stuff thanks Patty yeah I thought it was a cool dream I didn't yeah, know was like wild. wild most people don't remember all the details so when I was reading it, I was like yes more yeah Patty, more. so yeah yeah off to wow. you, Aaron.
1: All right.
2: It's
1: time bring to bring it, it up. Way oh down. boy. <laughs> Starting off strong. All right, here we go,
2: y'all. Yes. Always. So I couldn't finish or couldn't end Spooky Season without covering a missing person's case, which you guys oh know gosh. are the cases I absolutely hate because there are little <laughs> to no answers about their disappearance. And it grinds mm, my gears. Here we go
1: here we go and they also so keep me <clears throat> up at
2: night and i was like so you're gonna do yep. it to
0: all of us yes
1: hell yeah happy
0: halloween love mm-hmm. it Woohoo! <laughs> i'm writing missing missing persons great
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not quite so this particular case is baffling because this young girl seems to have just vanished into thin air and the case i will be covering today is the disappearance of Maura Murray? boop.
1: all right.
2: Got something to say? What you gonna say?
1: No, I, 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 I can't wait because I like I know the name, but I don't remember a lot, so I'm ready. I can't. All right. I think Ooh, when the s-
2: pieces come together, you will. How do you spell? Right. Is it Maura? Maura, yes, M a u r a, and then Murray, M u r r a y. Okay. Thank you all. You're welcome. So I'm just diving in because it's quite a bit. Mora was a 21-year-old college student attending the University of Massachusetts Amherst in 2004. She was described by friends as fun-loving, athletic, and adventurous. Her schedule was very busy, and I'm not quite sure how she was able to juggle so many things on her plate at once. Not only was Mora working towards her nursing degree and making the dean's list, she was also on the track and cross-country teams, worked Jeez. two part-time jobs, and was still able to make time for her friends and family. Okay! And she didn't abuse yeah, any is,
0: drugs, because that sounds like a lot. This
1: is week, n- yeah, this is week number two where it's like, all right, cool, what am I doing with my life? What, I mean, what was I doing with my life in college? I was like, ooh, cool, mm-hmm. I, uh. Made like above a 3.0 GPA. I guess I'm hey. super special. <laughs> Same boat, baby.
2: I feel like no if anyone. For
1: this chica.
2: <laughs> I feel like that does tend to happen with anyone in that field, though. Like you have to be able to juggle so much in order yeah. to get through like yeah. a nursing degree. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But true. Yes. She, she went above and beyond. Um, and she was um, very skilled athletically. Maura and her friend Liz Druniak grew up in the small town of Hanson, Massachusetts. When Maura was in high school, her and Liz became friends with five other girls, and they continued to be a close-knit group and stayed in touch after they all went their separate ways for college. Maura and her long-distance boyfriend, Billy Roush, had recently talked about getting married. They had met at West Point, where Maura was recruited for her athleticism, and they started dating in 2001. Their relationship continued when she transferred to UMass, and she frequently visited and stayed with Billy's family over the holidays. Her friends mentioned how close she was with her dad, Fred Murray. When she was six years old, her parents divorced, and even though she ended up living with her mother, Lori, her dad was always present in her life, which I feel like that doesn't always happen when parents get divorced, especially if things end ugly. Mm. But in this case, Mm -hmm. it seemed civil, and they were on good terms in the disappeared episode i watched fred said he would visit mora at umass about once a month or so and you could just tell by the way he talked about her that he really truly loved his daughter and would do anything for her
0: Aww. Mm-hmm. Great.
2: on the on the morning of saturday february 7th 2004 fred drove to amherst where he and mora had plans to hang out and go car shopping her 1996 Saturn was on its last leg, which was a big inconvenience since she had a decent commute to her clinicals. Billy's mom, Sharon Roush, had even gifted Mora a AAA membership out of concern for the girl's safety and the fear that she'd break down somewhere on the side of the road. Oh, that's nice. That so nice. Mm-hmm. According to Fred, nothing appeared out of the ordinary when he picked Mora up. After car shopping that afternoon, they went to the Amherst Brewing Company with one of Mora's friends for dinner. She wanted to go out that night, so Fred let her borrow his new Toyota Corolla. According to True Crime Times Medium.com article, Mora dropped Fred off at the Quality Inn where he was staying, and she and her friend stopped at a liquor, liquor store before arriving at a dorm party around 10.30. The next morning, okay. Maura woke her father to tell him that she had been involved in an accident. According to Wikipedia, she left the party around 2.30 in the morning and around 3.30 when she was making her way to her father's motel, she veered off the road and struck a guardrail. The officer who arrived at the Seed wrote an accident report, but Maura wasn't given a breathalyzer or a ticket. She received a ride back to her father's motel. Yeah, yeah. So an accident report was written up, but nothing else.
1: That's shocking in a college town, but okay.
2: Uh, Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. She received a ride back to her father's motel, and at 4.49 a.m., she called Billy, who is currently stationed in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. He later told his mom about the call and how distressed Mora sounded. According to Sharon, he was able to calm her down, and he promised to call her back later that day. The accident resulted in nearly $10,000 worth of damage, and according to Fred, Mora was very upset about the situation and it felt like she had let him down. I would feel Blamey. the same way.
0: I'd say, yeah, I don't yeah, blame Linda. you, sister. I think I would, uh, yeah. Ugh.
1: Sorry, dad. My
2: ass
0: <laughs> would
1: be grass, yo. Like I was like, ugh. Yes. That's so I don't true. think
0: I would tell my dad. He loves me and he's really nice, but I think I'd still be like, Zach did it. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, how would you hide yeah. it? <laughs> my brother's an animal. He came all the way from Ohio just to wreck your car, dad. And he said, don't tell dad. So I'm telling you. Ground his ass. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm the more responsible one, obviously. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> As I have, like, dirt in my hair because I crashed it.
1: Get out of here.
2: <laughs> he rented a car and dropped her off at her dorm later that afternoon. He tried to reassure Mora that everything was okay and that the car was covered by insurance, so she shouldn't worry, but he could tell that she was still troubled about the accident. Fred told Disappear that watching Mora walk away and enter her dorm room for the last time would be a memory that would haunt him forever. Oh, At- no. Yes, I see your face. <laughs> <sighs> At 1130 that night, Fred reached out to Mora and reminded her to get accident forms from the Registry of Motor Vehicles. Before they ended their call, they agreed to talk Monday night to go over the forms and fill out the insurance claim. However, that call would never happen. On the evening of Monday, February 9th, Mora's 1996 Saturn was discovered abandoned about two hours from Amherst in Haverhill, New Hampshire, and Mora was nowhere to be found. New Hampshire police have received a call from school bus driver Butch Atwood around 7.30 p.m. on that February 9th day regarding a wrecked car on a snowbank. He stopped and asked if the driver needed help, but she said she had already contacted AAA. The girl didn't appear to be hurt or bleeding, but she was a bit shaken up. He asked if she wanted to wait at his home, which is only 100 yards away, until help arrived, but she said she would rather wait in her car. According to Lt. John Scarinza of the New Hampshire State Police, Butch knew there was little cell phone service in the area, and convinced the driver wouldn't have been able to get a hold of AAA, he drove the short distance to his home and phoned the police and Sharon Roush later confirmed that AAA did not receive a call from Maura that night. Faith, mm-hmm. Faith Westman, lie. whose house was, according to Bill Jensen's Boston Magazine report, mere steps away from the wreck Saturn, also contacted police. She allegedly saw what looked like a man smoking a cigarette in the car. However, her husband later said it could have been a woman on a cell phone. <laughs> What? so similar nothing no change
1: yeah no, no. yes
2: and <laughs> another neighbor told police that she looked out her kitchen window and saw the car stopped with lights flashing and someone walking around the vehicle hmm. cecil smith the first officer on the scene arrived at 7:46 p.m and noticed that most of the car's damage was to the front of the vehicle the windshield was broken on the driver's side and the airbag had deployed When more officers arrived, they looked in the windows and noticed a box of wine behind the driver's side seat. They also took note of a pink liquid that appeared to have been poured on the snow and a rag placed on the car's tailpipe. Interestingly, there was no sign of the driver. Great. The car had been locked when officers arrived, and there was no indication of a struggle. So they believed the driver had left the scene of the accident, so she wouldn't have had to talk to authorities. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. On... Tuesday, February 10th, almost 24 hours after the discovery of the crash site, Maura's family received a call from the New Hampshire police and were told that her car had been found abandoned and they had been unable to locate her. The Murrays and Maura's friends and loved ones were shocked. No one had noticed anything different about Mora, and it didn't seem like anything was bothering her. Maura's friend Katie told Disappeared that Mora would have said something or at least hinted to her friends that something was wrong. On the other hand, this apparently wasn't the first time Mora up and left without telling anyone. According to Liz, she skipped high school one day and just hopped on a train to Boston. She didn't tell anyone her plan and her friends were worried trying to find her, but she returned home safe and sound the next day.
0: Yeah. Hey, guys, don't do that to me. If you're going to go to Boston, just shoot me a text. Okay? That's all I yeah. ask for. Or just
1: ask me to go with you. I'd like to go. That'd be cool. Ideally, <laughs> yeah. An invite Ideally, take a friend. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we can wow. all skip together okay, <laughs> yes and before we go too much further so yes. this is her second car wreck in 72 hours and the yes the sec the saturn that was her car it was just damaged to the front end like
2: wh- did it say like what she hit a snowbake so she like veered oh. off the road
1: oh hit a snowbake so the same yeah. thing as okay. the first
2: one well the first one was a guardrail
1: Oh, sorry. Okay. All right. I'm
2: just making sure I got my facts straight. Okay. Yes. Okay. I know. There's a lot. There is a lot to this. So if you have questions, chime in. Let me know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm with it now. I feel better. All
2: right. Okay. Perfect. Maura's older sister, Julie, had to contact Fred to tell him the news about Maura's disappearance since he was in Bridgeport, Connecticut for work. After receiving the call, he drove through the night and made it to Haverhill before dawn on Wednesday morning. The rest of the Murray family, besides uh, Moore's mother who had a fractured ankle and was unable to leave her home, drove to Haverhill to join the search. They found a place to stay and set up what Fred described as a command center. The Murrays split up tasks. Some made phone calls, while others made and distributed missing person flyers. Billy and his parents were also meeting up with the Murrays to join the search. Billy got on the earliest flight to Haverhill, and at some point during this flight, he received a voicemail from an unknown number, but since he had turned his cell phone off, he didn't realize he even had a voicemail until he landed. Around 7 a.m. Wednesday morning, Sharon received a call from her son, who told her that he had received a strange voicemail of a woman softly breathing, sobbing, or making, like, whimpering, sniffling sounds. Billy... (sighs) yeah cool he okay. tried to call the number back but he discovered the call was made from a prepaid calling card he was sure it was mora since she used to call billy with prepaid calling cards before he bought her a cell phone and sharon had gifted mora two prepaid calling cards on thanksgiving in 2003 so it okay. seemed like that makes sense to me yeah. But according to Mary Beth Conway for the Whitman-Hanson Express she reported that New Hampshire state police tracked the calling card to the American Red Cross and a source close to the investigation confirmed that the person who made the call had been located and interviewed the call was made by a Red Cross worker trying to reach Billy regarding his request for emergency leave from the military
1: So yeah Why apparently is the they woman do that crying?
2: But why was know. it just
1: a woman crying? That was weird. Yeah.
2: Apparently, what I read was that he got the voicemail, so he was hanging, or this person, it might not be he, excuse me, Um, the person was hanging up the phone, but I guess it caught sound, something, Someone I don't know. Else.
0: They're having a bad day, okay? We're allowed to freaky. have bad days.
2: Yeah. That's I mean, freaky. I sometimes get okay. weird, like, butt dials, like, mm-hmm. in my voicemail, and I'm like, that sounds... Strange. Yeah, I I've gotten a couple. I'm <laughs> not happy. Yeah. But yeah, so okay. apparently they did track that down, and it wasn't looked into anymore. So I wanted to mention that. According to CNN, the search didn't begin until 39 hours after Morris' car was found, and yep, not 39 the 39 hours?
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Great. hmm Yeah. Yeah. They were, they got right on it. Apparently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It also only encompassed a half a mile radius from the crash site. A What? Yes. Apparently from what I read, I could be wrong, but it seemed like it wasn't a huge search right off the bat.
1: Yeah, that's not very extensive. Uh, okay.
2: Mm-hmm. A state police helicopter conducted an aerial search while ground teams and search dogs covered the nearby area. The dogs were given one of Morris's gloves to get her scent, but according to Fred, it was a brand new glove she had just gotten for Christmas. He told disappeared he would have provided investigators something she used all the time, at least more often than that glove, if they would have a- asked him.
0: What? Why did did they they Do they ask it? specifically for a
2: glove? I think they just took something from the car. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm.
1: okay but you can't say i would have done this if they had asked. like no just do it just give him a, diff- a sock well
0: what? maybe he didn't know somebody... until it was already done that's what it sounds yeah like. it might have already been uh...
1: yeah oh, okay. i was on the
0: same train as you redo like...
1: yeah yeah yeah. no
2: correct <sighs> yeah well okay. okay interesting interesting tactic the dogs actually followed more ascent about 100 feet away from the crash site but then they quote-unquote abruptly lost it in the middle of the road Police also searched Maura's car more thoroughly and discovered her running clothes, a bag with school books, and a syllabus, which apparently, like, listed her schoolwork that was due soon. So it Mm -hmm. seemed like she meant to do her homework wherever she was going. Snack food, toiletries, and a book titled Not Without Peril, which detailed the stories of hikers who tried to climb Mount Washington in New Hampshire, but they either never returned or had been badly injured.
0: (sighs) to be fair i'm really scared to see what books people are going to see i have out if i ever go missing so oh just yeah deal with it
1: <laughs> so how to be a
0: witch yeah
1: yeah very true yeah <laughs> she
0: must have conjured herself into another dimension mm-hmm.
2: that's fine
0: yep please think well, that I, if i go
2: missing mm-hmm. <laughs> give me a. and cool i brought back. it up and i brought it up because this book has been brought up quite a bit um people aren't sure why she would have brought it along with her it did describe all sorts of different trails in the area, but people who knew Mora say it was just one of her favorite books. Huh. Stains that appeared to be from red wine were found on the driver's side door and the roof of the car. Police also smelled alcohol from an empty Coke bottle found in the vehicle. Jeff Strelzen, chief of the homicide unit at the New Hampshire Attorney General's office and the lead prosecutor in the investigation, believed Mora had likely been drinking the night of the crash. So, one main, one really big question is why didn't police immediately investigate Mora's disappearance? Yes. Yeah. Initially, uh, there's really not a good answer. They believed Mora was more troubled than what her family and friends claimed during like questioning and interviews. They believed she had a lot of demands in her life and she wanted to escape from them for a bit. And according to CNN, Mora had enough food and supplies in her car to last a small trip. In a press okay. release, Maura was described as endangered and possibly suicidal, which they may have worded this way. So people in the area would be on the lookout for anything out of the ordinary.
0: Okay. Was- Can I just? boop? Yeah. Okay, Morgan is correct. So all that was in her car, right? So she had packed all of these items in the car.
1: Mm-hmm. Then she gone.
0: And then she is not in the car. To use said items,
1: yeah. Doesn't that nine one one hello like ring ring? Let's get looking for and her. And that
0: led police to believe she was just frolicking in the snow somewhere, coming back. Well, for they snacks. do believe
2: she, and I will get to it in a second, but they do okay. believe she had a backpack that was not found in the car because there's other things too that I will get to in a little bit okay. that I haven't revealed yet. <laughs> okay, sorry, oh, sorry. Boy. No, we're, you're still good. In, we're still in
0: front of the curtain. We're yeah, I for mean, the this is yeah. a
2: whole huge. There are so many theories. This, to me, it just yeah. seems like
0: if I found all that stuff, like I had seen that you had intentionally packed bags, and then yes, you yes. left said bags. That's time mm-hmm. of your life you spent packing those. What are you doing?
2: Yes, yeah. that is definitely an Especially argument that I would agree with. Wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't waste. <laughs> it. So it's like they and an officer said it in the disappeared episode, but it didn't really make sense to me. It it wasn't really an answer. I don't know why they didn't start immediately looking from there Mm -hmm. but i don't know it was also included in the early press release that she was wearing a dark coat jeans and carrying a black backpack and she may have gone into the mountains to hurt herself investigators may have come to this conclusion after retracing more steps on the day of her disappearance i'm going to be saying a lot of times so if you have any questions let me know okay According to Lieutenant Scarinza, investigators were able to search Moore's computer and discovered that early on Monday, February 9th, she had been looking up rental properties in the White Mountains region of New Hampshire. She logged off her computer at 4 a.m., but logged back on that afternoon and searched for MapQuest directions to a condo complex in Burlington, Vermont. Even though Moore's phone hadn't been discovered at the crash site, her cell phone was an additional line to Billy's. So investigators were able to acquire those records through there. At 12:55 p.m., Mora called the number for a Bartlett, New Hampshire condo rental. Fred told disappear that Mora was very familiar with that area. He had brought Mora there every summer and even throughout other parts of the year where they had hiked many of the nearby mountain ranges. Mora sent an email to Billy around 1 p.m. that said. I love you more, stud. I got your messages, but honestly, I didn't feel like talking to much of anyone. I promised to call today, though. Love you, Mora. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Mora hmm. called a fellow nursing student at 1.13 p.m., but no one truly knows what this call was about. John Healy, a New Hampshire private investigator, claims Mora may have been arranging a time to give her scrubs to this nursing student. Helena Murray, a relative of Mora's disagrees and says that Mora was actually returning scrubs she had borrowed from the student back to her. Okay. Okay. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, Mora sent an email to her professors at 1:24 p.m. telling them that she would be gone for a week due to a death in the family. But there mm-hmm. was no death in the family. Well, I'm not going to fault her for that. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: understand the allure. To try and get out of class.
1: Yeah. <laughs> At and two five p.m. Only one. Sorry. Oh, go she ahead. Only, And she said one one week. So this is sounding more like a trip. Mm-hmm. That she. Than oh yeah. Trying, like when she went to Boston. Definitely.
2: Uh-huh. At two or five p.m., Mora called one eight hundred Go stow which was a reservation phone line for hotels in Stowe Verm- in the Stowe, Vermont area. When Mora called, the line was out of order, so she could listen to the operator list off hotels, but she couldn't actually make a reservation. This call lasted about five minutes. Thirteen minutes later, Mora called Billy, but got his voicemail. She left a message telling him she was sorry she missed him, but promised to call him later. Police speculate that Mora got into her car and drove away from campus around 3.30 p.m., Still, photographs captured her walking up to an ATM and withdrawing $280, which is most of the money she had um, in her account. Lieutenant Scrinza said no one appeared to be in the background or anywhere nearby Mora, at least not that they could tell from the photos. She then stopped at a liquor store, which they know because a receipt of the purchase was later found in her car. She spent $40 on a bottle of Kahlua, a bottle of Baileys, a bottle of vodka, and some boxed wine. <laughs> And besides the boxed wine, yeah, she bought a lot. Um, None of this alcohol. Huh?
0: That's only $40?
2: Apparently. What town is this again? We're going to make a trip. Ah! Amherst, yeah. Okay, right and done. Yeah. And besides the boxed wine, none of this alcohol was found in her abandoned car.
1: Mm Okay. So.
2: Also, at some point during the trip, she grabbed the accident report forms Fred told her to get from the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles. and at 4 37 pm Mora called to check her voicemail, and this was the last recorded use of her cell phone. While this behavior does seem erratic and completely out of character for Mora, her friends and family were adamant that she was not depressed or suicidal. Lieutenant Skarinza, on the other hand, told Disappeared that there were some issues going on in Moore's life that may have been causing her stress. However, he didn't go into any details about these issues on the episode, but when I bring some of the theories um, up, I will go into that a bit more. According to medium.com, a massive search was launched six days after Morris' disappearance, which covered a 20-mile area along Route 112 involving tracking dogs, helicopters, train <sighs> searchers, local and state police, and state and fish game officials, which probably should have been done earlier, but what do I, I know? A, like,
1: <laughs> day one, I'm just saying. Right? No comment. Mm-mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-mm. <laughs> just a shoulder shrugging. Nah, I'm done. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs>
2: Unfortunately, the search yielded no clues. Investigators and the Murrays continued to search the woods in the area where Mora's car was abandoned. During one of these searches, Mora's sister discovered a ripped pair of women's underwear lying on the snow. It was turned into the police, but DNA testing determined they did not belong to Mora.
1: Okay. I mean, still terrible, but-, but okay. Oh, yeah,
2: still frightening. It's cold out there. Keep your layers on. Jesus, people. After weeks of searching, Mora's family and loved ones returned home, disappointed with the investigation's lack of findings. Fred told Disappeared he continued to go up to Haverhill weekly to search the woods, the sides of the roads, anywhere he thought she could possibly be at, stating, quote, I wouldn't be able to stand myself if I didn't. I wouldn't be able to look at a picture of Mora if I knew that I wasn't doing everything I could possibly do, and it's whatever time I have left, that's what I'm going to do with it, end quote.
1: Oh Aww.
2: God! I know. Morris's family also conducted interviews to keep her story in the media. Her family and loved ones pleaded for her safe return home. In an interview, Fred said, quote, "Everybody's here looking for you, and just call any one of us, and we'll come right down and get you. Don't be afraid, please." End quote. Yes, every single time you spoke, I was almost in tears. Oh. In 2005 after continuous frustration with how the investigation was being handled fred filed a lawsuit against the new hampshire state police in an effort to try to get the case records but the court ruled that records relating to the case cannot be released to the public because they would interfere with law enforcement proceedings Mm
1: -hmm.
2: which i understand but we will get get more into that at the end okay okay yeah okay Fred, along with Lori and Sharon, have criticized the original investigation publicly. Besides the fact that they gave search dogs a new pair of Morris gloves to get a scent from, and they didn't immediately contact the family about her disappearance, Fred claimed that police didn't investigate where his daughter was headed. Quote, it's freezing cold out, there's a crack in the windshield, there's a potential head injury, there's arguably evidence of drinking, which would promote hypothermia, a young person in a state of shock. You have danger, and you don't go down the the street the way she was going, end quote. So again, he brings up Bartlett. He believes that was the town she was making her way to, a town she had visited numerous times with her father. And there was another um, witness report, but it came three months after the disappearance, so this witness claimed to have seen a young person around eight o'clock to eight thirty on the night of Morris' disappearance, moving quickly on foot eastbound on Route 112, about four to five miles where her vehicle was discovered. He noted that the young person was wearing jeans, a dark coat, a dark coat, and a light-colored hood. According to Boston Magazine, Fred has also been determined to get the FBI involved and wanted them to actually investigate the officers who conducted the original investigation. But as far as I know, that has not happened.
0: I mean, I can see why he wants Damn. it, though. If it seems like nothing is happening, like, I can see how it'd be really frustrating, and you're just trying to get it to move.
2: Yes. Man, yeah. that's got to be tough. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the public is also very frustrated, too. Yeah. To this day, Fred has no idea why his daughter left Massachusetts, and while there are many conflicting theories as to what happened to Mora, there are very little answers, One of these theories is that Maura drove to the mountains to commit suicide. One detail that gets brought up a lot regarding the theory is the rag that was discovered in her Saturn's tailpipe. People speculate that Mm -hmm. this is evidence she was planning on ending her life, and that's how she was going to do it. According to Boston Magazine, though, Maura's car was, quote, smoking something fierce, end quote, and Fred told Maura to put a rag in the tailpipe to hide the smoke so a cop wouldn't pull her over. (laughs) <laughs> you're not serious oh that, that's serious that's what he told boston magazine
1: so, but and you thought no problems would come from that i got yeah i mean i don't know necessarily enough about cars but like isn't that really bad for it like <laughs> like what
2: not the best <laughs> okay no okay
1: I- <laughs> okay like dad of the second the fuck
2: (laughs) yeah not sure why but that was his advice Mora's friends and family say this theory is absurd and that she was a happy person granted someone could appear to be the happiest person in the world but it turns out they actually aren't you truly Mm -hmm. don't know what someone is going through however like you had mentioned earlier sarah i think the theory, this just doesn't sit well with me because of all this stuff she brought with her. It looked like wherever she was going, she was planning on doing her schoolwork. She had taken cash out. She had bought, you know, that alcohol. She had brought all that stuff with her. It seemed like she packed her car with a destination in mind, yes
1: mm-hmm.
2: Another theory some people think um is that Mora died from the elements it was a pretty cold night when she crashed her car the airbag had deployed and officers suspected she may have been inebriated so she could have fled the scene to avoid police but became disoriented the road she was on and the area she was in was also very dark um showed it on the disappeared episode like very little lighting to like none at all Mm -hmm. so i guess she could have ran into the woods gotten lost and died of exposure
1: oh no Okay, Mm -hmm. but then also, like, six hundred. they did a 600-mile search, like, from the point of her car, like.
2: A 20-mile. Is that what it said?
1: Oh, I thought you said, I don't know why I said 600. (laughs) Okay, but also, 20 miles, like, even if she made it through the night, she's not going to get that much further.
2: No, on her own in the dark? No. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, and That's other weird. things get brought okay. up too. So again, this is a theory that some people just throw out, but I don't. It doesn't okay. have much to it. Yeah. Either. Okay. Others suspect she left to start a new life. Morris' friends told Disappeared they don't believe she was planning a getaway because of the contents of the last email she sent them. She wrote, "Dane Cook is playing at UMass, and we went to get tickets, and it was sold out." I missed out again, but I did some research, and he plays in Stowe's, Connecticut, February 12th, not too far from UMass.
1: Okay. This show
2: was happening three days after she went missing, and they questioned why she would make plans and then ditched them completely. Yeah. Investigators, however, discovered information that her friends seemingly didn't know about. The Thursday before her disappearance, Maura was working her campus security desk job when she received a call from her sister, Kathleen, around ten twenty p.m. The two talked about Kathleen's relationship troubles with her then-fiance. Conway reported that, contrary to other published reports, Mora broke down in tears about three hours later for unknown reasons. Supervisors there were on a 30-minute rotation, so when Karen Mayo walked up to Mora at the desk and saw that she was zoned out and unresponsive, in her words, she tried to comfort her and then just walked her back to her dorm room around 1.20 a.m., Mora didn't tell her supervisor, her friends, or her family what was bothering her. But something clearly was. Right. Investigators searched her dorm room after she was reported missing, and her room had been packed in boxes. Placed on top of one of the boxes was an email addressed to her boyfriend, which detailed problems in their relationship and a time Billy had cheated on her. According to BostonMagazine.com, Fred claimed that the floors had been cleaned over Christmas break, and that's why some of her belongings were still in boxes. But many people believe this was a sign that she was at least planning to leave for a few nights.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So wait, Definitely when you strange. say
0: still in boxes, had she just moved in, or was she getting ready to move out? Because she's no, in college in, in semesters.
2: Well, this is in February. Oh, yeah. Right. So it would be, yes. Okay, I'm following.
0: Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Though.
2: Ohio-based writer James Renner spent years investigating Maura's disappearance and later published a book titled True Crime Addict, How I Lost Myself in the Mysterious Disappearance of Maura Murray. Throughout his investigation and research, he found, I say quite a few things, he found a lot of things that could maybe have attributed to Maura's behavior and shines a light on what she was going through before her disappearance. When Maura attended West Point, she was told to leave when she was caught stealing from the commissary at Fort Knox. She was allowed to withdraw instead of being expelled, which was what led her to transfer to UMass um, UMass Amherst. Mm -hmm. Around the time of her disappearance, Maura had been caught stealing students' credit card numbers and had used them to order $79.02 worth of pizza deliveries to her dorm room. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Did her roommate box up her stuff? Because
0: that's... Something I might consider doing if someone stole my credit card. I think it'd be like, get
2: out. Yeah, I don't know who she did, but she stole someone's. Wow. She was wow. charged by yeah, she was charged by local police for credit card fraud and was put on probation. Ooh. The charges would be dropped in three months if she stayed out of trouble until then, but we obviously know that wasn't the case, since not too long after that she got into that accident in her dad's car. Renner believes that Mora ran away and could still be alive, a theory that Fred and the Murrays continue to dispute to this day. Renner traveled to Quebec and followed up on a lead he read in a 2009 message board that Mora was spotted in Sherbrooke, a town located near the New Hampshire border. This tip didn't seem to pan out. Police have also received numerous sightings of Mora in Rochester, New Hampshire, Vermont, and in other states, but they determined that none of the tips were accurate. Renner also discovered that Mora and Billy had never been engaged, even though their immediate family said otherwise in different reports, and that Mora had an affair with Hossein Baghdadi, her UMass assistant track coach, who she referred to as Haas. It appears that they had a good relationship for a few months, where she allegedly called Billy her ex. However, sometime during the summer of 2003, she completely ghosted him, and when she returned to UMass in the fall, she told him she had gotten back together with Billy. Mm. Hmm. Haas got the impression that Billy was controlling, demanding, and that he could be physical. Detectives visited Haas's home when Maura went missing, and he told them about a conversation they had had where Maura talked about running away and told him, quote, I wish I could disappear, end quote.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: Because she's digging. Okay.
1: Other, people... mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Other people speculate Mora disappeared by more sinister means. Fred believes Mora was abducted by a local who saw an opportunity to pick up a defenseless girl in trouble. This does make sense to me since the search dog lost her scent in the middle of the road, which is a key yeah. detail that many internet sleuths and people interested in the case have a hard time glossing over. Mm -hmm. Mm Conway reported that she spoke to a witness who believed to have seen a distressed woman in June 2006 who fit Maura's description. The witness, who did not want to be named, was standing in line at a Cumberland Farms convenience store with her grandson when she noticed a young woman behind her mouthing something. The woman was next to an older man who appeared to be in his 60s. The woman had her arms folded in front of her chest, and she mouthed what seemed to be the words, help me. (gasps) <gasps> before she had a chance to do anything the man and the woman left and she felt guilty for being unable to at least get a license plate number or a better description of the pair
1: no i say freeze don't you're not fucking leaving uh-uh. trust your gut
2: mhm
1: uh make a scene mm-hmm. oh god that's terrifying
2: yeah i hate that i will briefly mention that two people have been highly scrutinized online Some people think Butch Atwood, the bus driver who first came across the crash site, had a hand in Moore's disappearance. There are definitely some strange parts to his story. One being he returned to his bus to fill out paperwork after reaching the dispatcher. And Mrs. Atwood actually talked to the dispatcher because the first call didn't get through. And then the dispatcher called back and she answered. And she told the dispatcher, quote, I have no idea where the female is, end quote. So people bring Hmm. up that that was... So it wasn't odd. detailed enough, is what they're saying. Well, a lot of people bring up, and God forbid you can go down a rabbit hole on those Reddit threads. <laughs> like I did. But <laughs> but people do bring up, and I do think it's odd. Because if Butch would have came home and said, hey, there's this girl by her car. Like, this is what I saw. and We need to call the police and tell them she's there. And then mm-hmm. for her to say, I have no idea where the female is. Okay, wait. I'm confused why that's weird. Because I got he- I a thought... Yes, because he would have said, "We need to call the police to say that." Oh, she had it's a like wreck. an oxymoron. Like he wants to
0: help, but he doesn't know the location. But he should know
2: the location since
0: he's trying to call the cops. Sorry, can you repeat that? Did you guys freeze, or did I freeze?
1: I think Aaron froze.
0: Okay, cool. Whew, not me for once. Yes,
1: because mm-hmm. because okay. I heard her say cop and then "police."
2: <laughs> oh,
0: mm, interesting. Something is um, <laughs> is it weird because? He should have known where the car was since he was the one that wanted to call the police. But by calling them and then being like, oh, I don't know where she is. That makes it more no, weird. No, his
1: wife. His wife said that. His wife said it. Said. Because, okay, he ca- he called the police and he was like, well, hello, I'm trying to report this. And it and it didn't go through. So then okay. he left, which is, which is weird. He left to go back to his bus to fill out, quote, paperwork. When the police called back, his wife's oh. like, I don't know where the female's at. They could and like oh, the police had no idea which, which, okay. like why he called. So it
0: was just weird. That is really weird. I'm <laughs> following. Thank you. Sorry, I thought did I, I you say were right? the whole time.
1: No, did I do that? Did I was alright? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So it made right. sense yeah, to, me, so. to me. So uh, I hope so. We had a little technical little technical glitch on yeah. our end, so I was like, I'm
2: putting pieces together, but I don't know okay. if I should be. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay that was correct. So, so the wife's had... kind of
1: weird about it.
2: Yes. And he had also apparently gone to so like with the search and drove to check the mountain lakes area for about 15 or so minutes.
0: So he's inserting himself into the
1: investigation. I thought he was a little too nice or what he reported was too nice for a stranger.
2: I don't know. <laughs> he's just a nice guy. <laughs> I know. See, and well, I'll get to that in just a second too. Okay. Because that, that's when it gets I'm tough. Um, tell sorry, me it's terrible. Driver, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> The Atwoods later moved to Florida, which appeared to be planned before this all happened, um, and Butch later passed away in 2018. He was never publicly announced as a suspect by police. uh, Cecil Smith, the first officer at the scene, has also been blamed for murdering Mora. Like, that's that's what what people blame him for. Yes. I didn't look up the whole entire theory, but there was a theory going around that a police SUV was seen nose to nose with Morris Saturn and the person in the SUV had harmed her. Again, I could have gone down a whole other Reddit thread and I didn't. Mm -hmm. In 2018, Smith committed suicide, which people were quick to suspect he did out of guilt. But James Renner wrote in his blog that the man was suffering from dementia. Renner couldn't say mm-hmm. for sure why Smith committed suicide, but he wrote, We are not entitled to know. What we do know is that he got to spend the last months of his life reading about how people suspected he helped murder a girl or cover it up.
0: Well Ooh. And if you're already depressed and then that news is coming out about you, like whether it's true or not, they are vilifying you and that's gotta be hard to live with.
1: Yes. Also, like you have dementia, like maybe you start to think that you did do it, like because you don't mm-hmm. know what's really going on. Like, that's sad.
2: Oh, yeah. When you're declining that much. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Not a good uh-huh. mix. So if these men did have something to do with her disappearance, we will likely never know. Again, they have not ever been announced as suspects. So they are theories. I thought it would bring them up. But that yeah. is the case. Okay. Okay. The most recent update I found during my research has to do with the A-frame theory. Gina Tron reported for Oxygen that the, let's see if you can follow along with this, that the brother of the owner of an A-frame home, which was located close to the crash site, had given Fred a knife he found in the owner's glove compartment that apparently had blood on it. Come again? (laughs) (laughs) And that the knife was used to kill Mora.
1: (laughs) Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. So a nearby A-frame home
2: Yes, had the someone owner's brother. In it. Yes, yeah, and the owner's brother knife. gave Fred a knife. Fred is had the blood owner. On it. That belonged to the owner. Yes,
0: they're getting a little okay. off course there, aren't they? Yeah, they're like, like, a bit. Wow, we're...
1: To,
0: to be fair, this would almost have to be a crime of opportunity, though, because I'm yeah, unless they put a snow embankment there on purpose, I don't think. It's a trap. So maybe it makes sense it's not someone who's directly related. Maybe I did it. Who knows?
2: Fred gave the knife to police, who initially refused to take it, I read somewhere, but later accepted it. John Smith, a private investigator who worked closely with the Murrays for a few years, isn't sure if the knife had been tested, and if it was, he's not sure if anything came of it. I did read on Wikipedia, (laughs) so take it with a grain of salt, that the family of the man who gave Fred the knife said this man had a history of drug use and made the story up to get reward money.
1: Okay. That's okay. fair.
2: hmm In 2006, John Smith took cadaver dogs into the home and he told Oxygen they got a hit near an upstairs closet. Carpet samples were taken and sent oh. to police, but they have not revealed what was done with the samples or what results they got. In, in 2016, the A-frame home. Hmm?
1: In the A-frame home?
2: Yes. They got permission to go in. Ooh. John creepy. Smith did. Okay. Yeah. It's a pretty creepy-looking house. In <laughs> twenty sixteen, John Smith returned to the house and took wood chips from the closet, which appeared to have traces of human blood on them. According to David Ray's Freaked.com article, the wood chips tested positive for the blood of not one but two individuals. However, police determined the blood on the wood chips was too degraded to be matched to anyone. Why is
0: there so much blood and dead like was that not like deceased since at your house? What In are you closet. doing, sir? Yeah. You may need to know. rethink your hobbies. Even In- if they're innocent, mm-hmm. it seems messed up. I don't see Yeah, how I don't know. Innocent, bro. <laughs> uh, give me a minute, there could be. Continue. i I'll, th- I'll chew on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: In early April 2019, on the 15th anniversary of Moore's disappearance, Fred had been granted access to the A-frame home. In the fall of 2018, the family hired cadaver dogs that identified something underneath the basement floor, and according to Oxygen, ground-penetrating radar also had a positive hit. They didn't have probable cause to search the home, but the new owners gave law enforcement permission to conduct an excavation of the basement. According to Strelzen... No. I'm sorry, evidence- if I'm a new homeowner that's found, yeah, you can fucking dig up my basement, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh, totally. Yes. According to Strelzen, no evidence was found in connection to Morris's disappearance. He also added, quote, we certainly did not believe that there was credible evidence, but we did conduct that search, end quote.
0: So what was in the basement?
2: Apparently, it was just nothing. And like the, what was it? What do they call it? The, the ra- ground sorry, penetrating... yes apparently it was just disturbed ground and what i had read a couple things too and it gets into a whole again there's a whole lot more to this you guys can look up but they did go into the house in 2006 and in 2016 and they looked at the house Strelzen said that the yeah that it was just disturbed ground but they went ahead and searched it again and didn't find anything it seems that police have continued to be very tight-lipped about any possible leads or evidence they have. Like I mentioned earlier, no one has ever been announced as a suspect in the case, and no evidence has been shared publicly, which is what I think not only pisses well, the public off, but the whole entire family off, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I mean, I'm surprised there, they haven't there haven't been any updates from police. Right mm-hmm i will have um the links all of the sources i mentioned i will have them in my show notes um especially the one you should check out is renner's blog he has shared a ton of information that i was not able to mention i looked at <laughs> a lot of it i didn't add a lot of it because if i did it would be an extremely long story and i didn't feel like everything had to be in it okay. um yeah. but please check that out yourselves if you are looking for a deeper dive i bet you could spend many hours on there. I also recommend reading Mary Beth Conway's special report titled "Mora is Missing, which is her four-part report detailing the case and includes interviews with witnesses and family members. I did, again, go down a rabbit hole looking up theories on Reddit threads. I spent way too long on some of them, (laughs) but keep in mind that all of the theories I have mentioned are speculation. Can look up these series and definitely come to your own conclusions, but Mm -hmm. I can't in good conscience definitely, uh definitively say, oh, this person was definitely involved, or this is clearly what happened to Mora. That's fair. Because basically everything I searched gave me way more questions than answers. I don't have the answers. (laughs) And then you put that on us? Well, no. (laughs) It's good talking about it, but I can't like I have no idea. And this is the again, missing persons cases. It makes me want to pull my hair out because (laughs) I want to know more. And I would hope that the police have something, but I don't know why they would be sitting. Why would they? I don't know why they would be sitting on anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially for so long.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Way and too long. And that's what I kind of mentioned next, actually, that I wrote. I would hope as we are nearing the 20th anniversary of her disappearance that the police will share some sort of evidence or lead to keep her case in the public eye. The search of the A-frame home seemed promising, but apparently it led to a dead end, and nothing has happened since. Mora's family and loved ones are no closer to getting answers, and some, like her mother Lori, who died of cancer on Mora's oh. birthday in 2009, will never oh get closure. Oh my
1: god!
2: Oh. Extremely upset. Wow.
1: Wow.
2: That was hard.
1: This is mm-hmm. so
2: sad. Fred believes his daughter is dead, but he and his family continue to search for the truth. He told Deadline, quote, she was my buddy. I don't have my buddy. I miss my buddy. End quote. In more recent news. I know every time I was. He's just heartbroken. And I would love for, you know, the whole entire family to get some sort of answers. Something. Yeah. Yeah. In more <laughs> Recent news that I read, the Murrays found out that a tree with a blue ribbon marking the site where Mora was last seen was going to be cut down. Julie Murray only needed 20 signatures to push for an official state marker placed on the site, but she ended up collecting more than
1: 3,500. Wow.
2: Yeah. hmm yeah. mm-hmm. Fred told Bob Ward, a reporter for Boston 25 News, Quote, when the trees go, and they will, there will be nothing left. We need something there to hang on to. That's all we have left. This is our sister, daughter, and we can't let her go. We're not letting her go. She's going to be remembered. End quote.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Are you just trying to break us?
1: <laughs>
2: oh, my God. It is the closest thing they have to a gravesite where they can visit her, and Julie hopes the marker will keep Maura's memory alive while the search for her continues. So if you're listening to this and you do have any information regarding Maura Marie's case, um, big or small, please call the New Hampshire Cold Case Unit at 603-223-3856. And that's my story.
0: Thanks, Aaron. That's
2: your story and I uh, <laughs> wish we Dang didn't it. have to stick to it.
0: I have the Reddit app now, too. So there goes my evening of pumpkin carving. Now I need to figure <laughs> this out. Because you know Were I'm you like going relieved. to pumpkin carve
2: after this. <laughs>
0: I was. <laughs> I no would dunk. say pumpkin carve
2: because there are quite, quite a few Reddit threads you could go down. I, don't need I can to do say a YouTube video late. instead. I'll do YouTube. There you go. YouTube yeah. and
0: pumpkins. Woo, that's a wild <laughs> ride. It is. And because There's it's like a nothing. perfect crime, like up and vanish off the middle of the street in a snowstorm. So like no one's gonna be out and about looking.
2: That's terrifying. And I hate thinking about that, too. Like, the perfect crime. I hate that that's a thing. That people, mm-hmm. that someone could have gotten away with killing her.
0: Yes. And we don't know! It just takes the wrong person to stop off and help her. Yeah. Which is terrifying.
1: Quote, quote, help. <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> yes. Offer to help her, I guess, is probably the better way to do it, because they don't have to follow through with the offer. Mm-hmm.
2: Correct. And how that stuff it can happen, sense. like, so fast. Yes. <sighs> so, sorry to bring it you down You done
1: did it again you done did it again a. A. Ron.
2: <laughs> man i just need to know more okay all right i know you there go. are many um i didn't mention earlier i know um i had first heard about the case through um crime junkie they have a two-parter on it um mm-hmm. uh, there were even like you can look it up i guess on spotify or apple Podcasts. i think there are a whole podcast dedicated to this case that you could probably check out Oh, sheesh i, I believe it have the time for that but definitely a deeper dive you can look those up too
0: well because again wow. there's not so much to go on you have to kind of use your imagination to put things together i feel like like there's just yeah. enough like
2: ticklers out there but there's no line mm-hmm. getting caught by a fish it's crazy yeah and then everyone on the internet again like charlie day trying to piece it all together
0: <laughs> like that
2: meme i love that meme no i feel yeah. like him more often than not so yes yeah i feel that. I think that was me doing my research Saturday night, and it was almost midnight. And I'm like, you know what? I need to stop. <laughs> Every link Poor took Aaron. me further in and deeper in, and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> well, thank you for one. that. Oh. Yeah.
0: That was a cool yeah, story. Huh? Thank you.
2: Yeah. Sorry You're about welcome. family. But, yeah. Yes, I know. Hopefully, you know, they'll get some answers. Yeah. Sooner hopefully rather something later. shakes loose. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. before we go into our ending segment here, um, I, <laughs> I have been bluntly told that I have to make a correction. Uh, excuse me, I I referenced a movie that I watched maybe last episode called Z. Uh, I did not watch it on Amazon Prime. I apparently watched it on Voodoo. So, <laughs> if you're looking for it, that's where you can find it. If you need a good spook, I'm still sticking to it, but it's on Voodoo. My apologies. Could Would be you on Prime. Get it I don't together. know. Voodoo. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, I don't. It's I like guess a spooky channel. I I don't know. Huh. My friend Zach, who I also failed to reference, watched the movie with me. I'm so sorry. Um, he <laughs> rented it for us on Voodoo. So okay. sorry if you. Yeah. It's a good one though. So worth worth a couple bucks it cost on Voodoo, not Prime. Sorry, just needed to correct myself.
0: Shameless plug for Voodoo. Do you want to sponsor yeah, sorry, there it
1: <laughs> We do love a spook! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, guys. Um, With that, we hope you enjoyed episode 38.
2: Yeah! And mm-hmm.
1: we're, wow, we're almost through spooky season! <laughs> it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be fine. I'll be okay. It's just, just like my prime of life. This weather. It's gonna be mm-hmm. Life. It's all good. But... Oh, you we hear it. You hear it every week. Um, make sure you like, follow, subscribe on any of the platforms that you listen to us. Um, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. It Helps us stay relevant. And you can also um, go to Facebook. Our Facebook group is Sister Sunrise Podcast, and you can leave mm-hmm. a review and a rating there as well. So that just helps people who are part of the group. You know, maybe get a better understanding for who we are and what we do. Um, and of course, we didn't do a cheesy ad this time. You're, I, I know you're a little <sighs> bit disappointed, but sorry, we did not. But zero sweat. <laughs> um, make sure you head there and use code Sinister at checkout to get 20% off of a $15 purchase or more to help y'all y'all sweaty pants. Um, and then we mentioned it last week, but a huge other call out to our awesome personal artist, Tyler Price. Um, Mm. make sure you head to his website which is just meltyface.com check out his artwork and if you would like to um purchase any of it you can get free shipping um just use the code sinister sisters at checkout um and you'll get free shipping his artwork is amazing um he is the one who did our logo um Mm -hmm. and also the hex girls picture of us so take a look at our instagram for that um with that i think that's all the business we have Mm -hmm.
2: see you next week for episode
1: 39 Thank you. Bye.